You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, the daily podcast covering your New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I know what you're thinking, Ross, you already did a Friday episode. What are you doing here? Well, guess what? I got you a bonus episode coming up because day two of training camp is in the books. We're going to talk about the quarterback situation as well as other headlines. We'll take a look at the defense as things begin to draw a little bit more intriguing. And we'll take a look ahead for training camp in terms of what to watch for coming up next. All on today's episode, this bonus episode of Locked on Saints. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, co-managing editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com and your Tuesday co-host. Over on the National Locked On NFL podcast, we got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. All right, family, kicking off this bonus episode of Locked On Saints, you're going to get a lot of additional episodes here all throughout training camp, especially next week where I'm set to be at camp, weather permitting. So you'll definitely get some extra episodes as well. So I'm going to do what I can. If there's a practice on Saturday, I'm probably not going to do a bonus episode for those. But these Fridays, maybe some later episodes, some additional episodes, stuff like that. I'm going to try to bring you everything that I can. And if the Saints ever take a day off during the week, you better believe I will not. And we will continue on at least five days a week, sometimes six, seven episodes every week as well. So let's go ahead and hit some of these big storylines. For New Orleans Saints training camp, starting, of course, with the quarterback situation. Of course, if you want to know what's going on around training camp with some of your rivals, you can check out all of the other podcasts here in the NFC South, Locked on Bucks, Locked on Falcons, Locked on Panthers. And of course, you can check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show every Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcasts as well, for the national perspective of what's going on around the world of the NFL. So let's start with Taysom versus Jameis. First of all, and foremost, I want to give a huge shout out to our good friend, Luke Johnson from over at the Advocate Times, NOLA.com, who has a running log right now, basically practice by practice of attempts, completions, details about every pass that these two quarterbacks are throwing. You can find that over at NOLA News and at NOLA.com. And of course, at by Luke Johnson on Twitter as well. Incredible work by Luke, our good friend from over there. So go ahead and check that out and show him some love as well. But There's been a big sort of storyline that's been kind of jumping out here when we talk about Taysom versus Jameis, the fact that Taysom Hill has taken two days worth now, he did it Thursday and Friday, of first team snaps throughout practice. Don't read too much into this. Sean Payton told everyone on Friday that they expect to switch over to Jameis soon. It's going to be a rotation. But just like I've been explaining on all the radio calls and everyone that I've been talking to about this so far... That rotation is very unlikely to be day-by-day rotation. Day one, Taysom. Day two, Jameis. Day three, Taysom. That's very unlikely to be the case. Think about last year when they were working Eric McCoy and Cesar Ruiz at guard and center. You saw about two or three practices at a time at each position before they rotated. That, of course, got complicated with Cesar Ruiz's injury, but you should expect the same thing here with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston an opportunity for them to get into a little bit of a rhythm and show some growth from day one to day two at a time put together as opposed to the staccato sort of rhythm that will allow them to not be able to put together a rhythm over the course of time. So not only are they competing against each other, but they're trying to show growth against themselves as well. 
So the expectation seems to be that Jameis might get first team snaps at tomorrow's practice on Saturday. But if nothing else, when those helmets go on on Monday, perhaps that's when we begin to see it or it potentially switches back to Taysom so that they get a look at both of them in um, uh, padded practices as opposed to just helmets and shells, which you're going to see on Friday before the day, excuse me, Saturday before the day off on Sunday. Now, a lot of what you've been seeing so far is Taysom sticking close to the line of scrimmage. You've also seen Jameis Winston making some good decisions, throwing to the flats, throwing into the backfield, but also pushing the ball downfield. One of the things that Nick Underhill said, Jameis Winston's yet to throw an incompletion that didn't come from a defender, Ken Crawley in this case, tackling a receiver while the ball was still in the air. So good news for Jameis Winston there. But I do like hearing and seeing that Jameis has been sort of taking some of these conservative throws as well, but not being too conservative, still taking some shots downfield. I think that happy mix, that happy medium, if you will, is exactly what the New Orleans Saints would benefit from most. I've mentioned this before, regardless of whether or not it's Jameis or Taysom, you're still going to see a conservative approach from this offense. It's still going to operate close to the line of scrimmage at times behind the line of scrimmage and using the short passing game as an extension of the run but also having the ability to attack downfield and stretch the field, first of all, makes the former part of that a little bit more successful and also allows you to attack with the latter. So I think that there's benefit there in terms of what both of these quarterbacks are able to provide, especially seeing Taysom Hill targeting Alvin Kamara out of the backfield quite a bit over the course of the first two practices as well. Again, that's going to be a big part of the evaluation for either one of these quarterbacks and is going to be a big part of the success that they're going to try to find at the beginning of the season without Michael Thomas, and potentially without Deontay Harris as well, who's also having a great camp. Now, we'll turn the page over to the defensive side because a lot of storylines to follow over on the defense, who's been lining up at cornerback two, what's going on with Brian Poole, and of course, what's happening at that linebacker position next to Demario Davis. We'll update all of that as we continue on with this extra and additional episode of Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our good friends over at Built.com, including, of course, Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. You can check out Built.com to see all of their products, or you can go to BuiltBar.com to check out the protein bars that taste like candy bars, the best tasting protein bars ever created. Nine incredible and unique flavors that have a little something for everybody. You like fruit and chocolate. They got strawberry and raspberry. You like peanut butter and chocolate. Try peanut butter brownie. It's a classic. It's phenomenal. Mint brownie as well, also very good. One of my absolute favorites, cookies and cream, salted caramel. I know some of these sound like they're absolutely packed with sugar, but believe it or not, only four or five grams of sugar in all of these bars, but you're still getting 17, 18 grams of protein, hardly any calories, and only four or five grams of net carbs as well. This is a protein bar that you knew you needed. It's finally here. So go and check them out at built.com. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15 so that you can get a 15% discount on your next box of Built Bars over at built.com. All right, Huda Nation, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints, recapping day two of New Orleans Saints training camp, bringing you all the news and notes that you need. We're going to turn the page over to the defensive side. We're going to come back to wide receiver on the offensive side as we wrap up today's episode and we look ahead to the uh, the rest of the week. We'll talk about why here in just a moment, but I want to jump over to the defense because I feel like this is where you have the most questions. And I think that uh, undoubtedly, right? Cornerback two, potentially even cornerback one, um, uh, what's going on with Brian Poole? Where is he going to be utilized? So that brings the slot cornerback into the conversation. 
linebacker who's going to be the guy next to Demario Davis. Defensive interior, what's the rotation going to be on the edge on the defensive line? There's just so much intrigue here. So let's start with cornerback two because that's kind of the most pressing situation that we know of for sure. Uh, Sean Payton, not too long ago, mentioning that this was still a must for the New Orleans Saints. Mickey Loomis saying they're still out looking for that player. We talked about that in our camp primer, getting you all the storylines that you needed ahead of camp. Well, over the past couple of days, whether it's been in nickel sets or in base defense, you've seen Patrick Robinson working on the outside. This makes perfect sense. This makes perfect sense. And this is essentially what we've been saying, that Patrick Robinson is essentially the top guy right now when it comes to being in the lead at the cornerback two position at this moment. If the Saints still were to add somebody, whether it be in free agency or through the trade market, and they believe that that person can leapfrog Patrick Robinson, then they will. But at the moment, in terms of what we're looking at on this roster, Patrick Robinson is the person that makes the most sense on the outside opposite Marshawn Lattimore. We're going to talk about Paulson Adebo in the next segment. But one of the questions that continued to came to come up when the New Orleans Saints signed Brian Poole, a career slot corner, was whether or not Brian Poole was going to be a guy that could play on the outside. And he has played on the outside. He did that in base defenses on Thursday's practice, but he did that second, third team in, not first team. And then when they switched to nickel this past week, then we are or, or this past practice on Friday, we saw Patrick Robinson on the outside with Brian Poole essentially being, you know, backing up the slot, which is what we expected. Here's why this makes sense. Before Brian Poole was signed, the backup corner in the slot behind CJ Gardner Johnson was Patrick Robinson. So if you have Patrick Robinson on the outside and for whatever reason CJ Gardner Johnson needs to come off the field, you're either putting PJ Williams in the slot or you end up moving. Patrick Robinson on the inside and putting PJ Williams on the outside, then you have a shuffle at two positions, less than ideal. You sign a guy like Brian Poole, who's a fantastic slot corner. You get him on a vet minimum deal, which also qualifies as vet minimum uh, as the uh, vet salary benefit. So he counts on the cap lower than the money that he's actually making. We've talked about that. We've explained that in past uh, in our uh, week uh, midweek fundamentals. Now you have somebody that can immediately back up the slot and keep Patrick Robinson on the outside in case something happens on the inside and you need to give CJ Gardner Johnson even a spell for a couple of plays. So that's why this all ends up making sense. We'll see if Patrick Robinson holds on to the number one slot opposite uh, Marshawn Lattimore or in place of Marshawn Lattimore, depending upon how that whole situation plays out. Then what will be very interesting is to see who ends up on the outside behind or opposite Patrick Robinson in that case could be PJ Williams, could be Ken Crawley, and it could put the Saints in enough of a position to where they just go out and get somebody else. We'll see how desperate they get. Again, we'll talk about uh, Paulson Adebo here in a little bit. I want to shout out um, Tano Passanio, somebody that we've talked about before, somebody that could come in and play on the defensive interior. So far over the first two practices, he's played outside on the edge. We have seen Shai Tuttle and David Onyemata on the inside. It's going to be a little bit tough to try to sort of gauge and advance and project the defensive tackle position because David Onyemata is somebody that is still able to participate in training camp and even in the preseason. So Malcolm Roach seems to be the guy that's stepping up in to uh, team two or, or second team reps. And so I think you would put him and Shai Tuttle up at the top as we expected. Pete Warner on Friday, ended up moving and playing. And remember, they were playing in nickel sets here, playing in the first team next to Demario Davis. We saw Zach Bond on Thursday. We saw Pete Werner today on Friday. Something to keep an eye out with there. Don't know if that's going to be a little bit more of a rotation. We know the Saints love to rotate those linebackers during training camp, not just in terms of 
who is playing in which team, but also who is playing what position on first team, second team, third team. So something to keep an eye out with, uh, keep an eye out on there. But as we've mentioned over and over again, Pete Werner, probably the most pro-ready prospect of the Saints draft class this season. And finally, I want to shout out Noah Spence. And I want to shout out my dude, Brian Abel as well, who talked about Spence being somebody that could potentially make the roster. He's getting a lot of love. And he's not the only veteran that's getting a lot of love. And he's not the only veteran that has uh, kind of shown up over these first couple of days. But coming up next, we're going to talk about why you shouldn't put too much stock in that just yet and how to sort of project ahead here, what to look for as we continue to move forward. One more practice tomorrow before the fresh week starts on Monday at New Orleans Saints training camp. We got more for you here on Locked on Saints. Put a lot on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it. Huda Nation wrapping up today's episode, recapping day two of training camp. And now we're going to look ahead as we move forward throughout Saints camp and talk about what to watch for and what's coming up next for the Saints. So the Saints are back on the practice field tomorrow morning. Practice is open to the public. There'll be helmets and shells once more. They'll take Sunday off and then Monday, Tuesday, they're back on the practice field in helmets or excuse me, in pads. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be live tackling, but we'll see them in pads for that practice. And then later on in the week, they'll go Monday through Saturday, take Sunday off. But later on in the week, I believe it's Thursday, Friday, those practices are open to the public once more. Now, before the break, I talked a little bit about veterans that are standing out and that I wanted to talk a little bit more about them. Mentioned Noah Spence. Uh, Chris Hogan's another example. Chris Hogan has really stood out over the course of these first two days of camp making some nice catches, kind of catching everything that's coming his way. He comes from a New England Patriots system that really, really is strict about how you perform in training camp and wants you to perform at you know at your best in training camp. And he obviously brings that Patriot way, quote unquote, with him, brought it with him to uh, the New York Jets, bringing it with him to the New Orleans Saints. I just realized all three teams he's played for have been new, new, and new. Anyway, uh, when it comes down to it, though, the veteran peak is a thing. It, it, it's a thing in training camp that these veterans tend to stand out more quickly earlier on in camp, but then eventually kind of plateau and flatten out a little bit. And then the young guys, the rookies, the guys that are coming into new teams that are still within the first handful of years of their career, the undrafted free agents, the second year guys with the team, the third year guys with the team in some cases, then all of a sudden those guys get to kicking into gear around the middle of week two or so of camp. And then you kind of see things even out as these rookies, these young guys kind of raise up and take their upward trajectory. The veterans kind of flatten out and plateau a little bit. So it'll be worth keeping an eye out on the players that the veterans that stay up there like a Michael Thomas and the veterans that flatten out kind of like Benny Fowler did in last year's camp, if you remember that. Um, That'll be something to really watch over the course of this camp. And I want to talk about the young guys a little bit in that context as well, particularly Paulson and Debo. Paulson Adebo, the thing that I keep hearing about him is that you can't miss him. You can't miss him. He apparently, in terms of his size, his length, all the things that you can't teach, those traits that the New Orleans Saints love about cornerbacks and even about really defenders for the most part, he has. And so because of that, it becomes tough to miss him when he's out on the field, but he hasn't stood out yet. But that's okay because he's also not getting thrown into the mix yet. He hasn't really been dumped into the pool at this point. I believe he's operating still behind Ken Crawley at this point. So he's down there on the depth chart in terms of getting reps, but that will start to change over time. Remember during OTAs and minicamp, 
Uh, they were working Paulson inside as well as outside and things like that. So he'll get his opportunities. And that becomes a part of it too. What's the intent that the that the Saints are using throughout that practice? Are they installing a base defense? Are they installing a nickel defense? If they are, are they really operating in pass sets? Or are they operating these nickel sets against run uh, against the run attack? We saw a very run-heavy day on Friday, for instance, Latavius Murray busting out a big run, Alvin Kamara having some nice plays. I think all of those things are worth keeping in mind in terms of the context and nuance of trying to read into training camp. So those are things that I just wanted to point out. Let's wait and see how veterans kind of flatten out. Let's wait and see a little bit further into the rotation of Jameis and Taysom. Let's wait and see some of these rookies, these young guys start to really reach their peak during training camp as they get more comfortable. These are guys that are learning new schemes, learning new vocabulary, learning more about what it is they're going to be asked to do for this team. In some cases, they're learning new positions. Uh, it's a lot. And some of them are coming back from injury or haven't played in nearly two years in Paulson and Debo's case. So let's see them overcome all of that before we start to try to piece too much together. But tomorrow, the Saints will be back on the practice field early in the morning. They'll be back outside. Once again, helmets and shells, not full pads just yet, but we get to that next week. However, you might have to wait until next week to see me again, depending upon how practice goes tomorrow. If it's a light day, then maybe not. But if it's another regular day or there's big stories, then I'll certainly be here to make sure you're up to date on all of it here with another episode of Locked on Saints. I appreciate y'all so much for everything that you do. Don't forget to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast provider. Subscribe, turn on notifications here on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube as well. Appreciate everything that y'all do. And we'll be back with you here in just a moment with much, much more as we continue on with Locked on Saints. And as always, for all the times in between, you can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.